So we, we kind of help each other, I guess, because sometimes you you can be so set in your ways, you can think, oh, I'm right, and this is the way, right way to go about it. But then when you get the advice of, like, if I get the advice of Bob or vice versa, it's actually helpful sometimes because you'll see things in a different light. So I think it's kind of good to have two people as well. It's not always conflicting. It can be quite it can be quite helpful as well motivating as well i would say the fact that we're able to sort of work together and we understand each other's work it helps although we do sometimes it rarely happens these awkward conversations i suppose we sort of motivate each other more Hello and welcome to Better Conversations with me, Siham Sirene. My two guests are Aisha Bano and Bav Chowder, equal partners in AMB Tax Consultants. Young, fresh and dynamic. They're a duo who set up in business together because they wanted greater autonomy over how best to serve their clients and they wanted to build stronger relationships with their clients. Incidentally, their clients are anyone from your grandmother doing her tax returns to startups and established businesses looking for sound tax advice. They're driven by a desire to really get to know you. Uh, They want to know about your business. They're genuinely interested in what's going on um, in your work and personal life. Yes, from a financial perspective, but also your personal life and, and just what's going on. They're delighted to hear Uh, how you're overcoming your challenges. They get that their success depends on your success and they're also keen to learn from you. They also get that their clients like to know how well they're doing. We're trusting you with our business so we need to know yours is solid too in that kind of a way. Over the past four years since founding AMB Tax Consultants, Aisha and Bav have committed to meeting every single client in person together. And in fact, their clients have come to expect it. I asked them to be my guests because, as you'll notice for yourself, there's a great energy between them. Um, And personally, I love seeing that in people who set up in business together. They really do enjoy conversation as a way of getting to know you. They're genuine and they both talk about the importance of just being themselves. What you experience of them is exactly who they are. And you know that because of their laughter, their smiles, their eye contact, their hand gestures and the way they riff off each other. And they really love working together. And well... Meet Aisha and Bav for yourself. Here they are. Welcome, Aisha and Bav. I've been really looking forward to talking to you both. Um, Just a quick disclaimer for listeners. Um, You are my accountants, Um, but I thought it would be fantastic to hear your story. Um, It's enjoyable watching the two of you and and the way you interact when when we meet. So um, thank you very much for coming on and uh, talking to me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. That's a fantastic introduction. Cool. Um, so um, the the profiles that you sent me were were brilliant, and something 
came across really strongly um, about why you set up in business together. But before we get into that, um, I wondered if you could briefly um, explain um, what your work is. Um, so as a trade, um, we are chartered tax advisors and accountants. So basically, we assist clients. The clients could be individuals, corporate entities, trusts. It could be in the UK, outside the UK, to sort of structure themselves in the most tax efficient manner. So we do all the compliance work that's associated with taxation, so like VAT, payroll, end of year accounts. But we tend to place a lot more emphasis on advisory work and planning work to ensure that individuals and clients are structured in the most tax efficient manner. So we don't have to do anything too complex. There are a lot of reliefs that are advertised by HMRC that individuals and corporate entities and other sort of clients can take advantage of. So for us, it's more about educating clients and increasing commercial awareness to ensure that clients are uh, structured in the most efficient manner. So mm. we started off as tax advisors, but I suppose we've come more to just advisors. So we sort of now are at a stage in the business where we do just advisory work across all types of finance um, arenas. So it's not just specific on tax. And so the story about um, how both of you, what, what came across in your responses um, initially were that um, you both enjoy people um, and uh, there was more that you wanted um, from the work that you were doing. Tell us a little bit more about that. So I've, I've always liked meeting people. Um, I just like meeting people, speaking to people. And as part of this industry, what we noticed whilst we were being trained was that a lot of the clients weren't receiving that personal touch. And when you are speaking to clients about finance, it's a very emotional topic. So they prefer to have that and one-to-one discussion or a discussion with their spouse or their kids etc because it involves not only one individual but it could involve a whole household so having emails and you know all all, all, all those types of communication you can't avoid but the clients feel more at ease when you're speaking to them face to face and they know who you are and they and we understand the client as well because that's a key part um tax planning is that you can't plan unless you know an individual and the intentions their household circumstances etc so far as that element was um being neglected by a lot of advisors a lot of firms so we took that on board and introduced that in the firm that we started um amb and tax consultants and i also i think um kind of get the chance to learn more about the nature of what people do in their businesses, which you don't always understand when you just have that communication over emails. Um, you kind of have a glimpse of what they do, but you might not fully understand it. But it's um, really good when you meet them and they actually explain what their day-to-day tasks involve and uh, you get a much better understanding. And it's really interesting to learn about what kind of different fields there are out there and what sort of um, careers people are pursuing or businesses they're doing which you might never have come across yeah and and I got that sense from when you know the first couple of times that we've met um you you've got a feels like you've got a genuine interest in what what is going on in people's lives what's their focus what are their plans what are they struggling with 
um, so that you can advise them um, or, you know, provide some information that might make that uh, a little bit easier. I mean, it's important to have that rapport as well. And I think that only happens when you meet individuals in in person because you speak via email and all the other sort of social media avenues is is helpful and is sort of efficient but we still always emphasize meeting the client in person because you you have that rapport and then you build the trust because until you have that trust it's very hard to do any sort of advisory work with your clients the compliance aspect of it is fine because the the compliance is just you know historical information so you can't do anything more about that but when you're planning and speaking about the future that's when you need to have that trust and you, you need the client has to understand who we are as individuals we need to understand the client as well so i think it helps and up until now and hopefully that's not going to change we don't take on anybody as a client of our firm until we have met them in person so they could be in london they could be up north they could be in a different country but we always emphasize and we always will continue to emphasize meeting the client. And I think that up until now has worked well for us. And so, okay, so tell us how, what was the conversation that you two had that said, okay, um, why don't we do this? Why don't we set up? <laughs> because Bab doesn't, doesn't want to be told what to do. He doesn't want anyone to tell him what to do. <laughs> that's, that's part of the reason. The other part of the reason in terms of why we knew is more about, it wasn't really a conversation that Aisha and I had. It was just eye contact. So <laughs> we sort of knew. But basically, Aish knew that, you know, I always had the intention of setting up my own business. What in, we never knew. But I suppose with the experiences we gained from past employments, we were interested in this industry. And we knew we could sort of, you know, help clients, etc. But we saw the sort of, I wouldn't say the flaws of other firms. We sort of saw ways that we could improve services so we took that on board and we we has sort of was going to set up my own anyway so then you know Aish I knew Aisha for a few years and I knew how she worked she worked at the same place that I was um at as well so I knew her methodology etc so we work well as a team so I thought if I'm going to start up in business I wouldn't want to start with anybody else apart from Ash because I understand her she understands me um so we had the, a very brief conversation and I asked Ash you know you know would you be keen to set up on our own this is you know our this is the plan etc and she said yes I did yeah it was it wasn't a major conversation yeah. it kind of just happened yeah because setting up a, a a business together is and having that partnership um, hangs on really how well you know each other. And you said that you um, you knew how each other works um, and it sounds like you had an, a connection, an alignment of, you know, thinking um, about how you do stuff. Um, so was there any sort of tough conversation Did you have in your four, nearly four years now of uh, running the business together? What's been the toughest, most uncomfortable conversation that you've had? Um, the tough conversations, they still happen. So it's not as though they were in the initial stages. But when you set up the business, um, it's always hard because you're sort of starting on a clean slate and everyone, like regardless of who you work with, um, when you work on your own and you set up a business on your own, you only need to have a conversation with yourself. So it's tough, but it makes it a little bit easier. For us, it's not about, you know, getting in a mood or having you know an argument etc we sort of take on board um 
each other's opinions and thoughts and then we use that to then discuss it in a more business capacity and say what is the best for the business as opposed to personal feelings and personal opinions. I think that when we started off, we probably didn't have as many awkward conversations um, or where we had to make these decisions. But as the business has grown, when we've actually got clients and you've got a structure in place, you kind of have to have those conversations a lot more often because there is different, different issues arising. It can be to do with staff. It could be to do with anything, but we have to have them a lot more now. But because we've got our kind of separate roles and we have different (laughs) opinions, but we always tend to sit down and make sure we discuss them and look at all the possible solutions and options and then kind of make an informed choice. So we, we kind of help each other, I guess, because sometimes you you can be so set in your ways. You can think, oh, I'm right, and this is the way, right way to go about it. But then when you get the advice of, like, if I get the advice of Bob or vice versa, it's actually helpful sometimes because you'll see things in a different light. So I think it's kind of good to have two people as well. It's not always conflicting. It can be quite it can be quite helpful as well motivating as well i would say the fact that we're able to sort of work together and we understand each other's work it helps although we do sometimes it rarely happens these awkward conversations i suppose we sort of motivate each other more rather than have awkward conversations because as i said in the beginning it's, I wouldn't say it was like that, that stressful because when you're starting up in business in my opinion there's not much there to be stressed about is as you start to grow and as you start expanding that's when you have to sort of um, change your structures change your working <laughs> practices um your so i suppose we're now at a stage where we're past that awkward bit if you could say and we have an understanding of this is the direction we're going to head down and we are on the right path right and and what seems to come across is that you are you understand that you need to have some of those awkward conversations um, in order to reach a solution. Um, but I'm hearing really strongly that for both of you, there's a you know there's a success uh, and a and a goal to work towards. So do you have do you is it that that helps you kind of determine if you disagree on an approach? Say, is it is it the fact that you've got a joint goal? that helps you determine okay what's best for the business here so having awkward conversations i'll treat them as a healthy because if you don't have these awkward conversations and if for example you're the only one involved in the business then there's nobody there to sort of you can't seek opinion from anybody and every day you just sort of carry on as normal so you don't really um, think about anything else whereas when there's more than one individual involved in a management role you get to seek other people's opinions you might not agree with them but as long as everyone's goal is the same and it's for the benefit of the business and everybody understands what they're trying to achieve then it's healthy because having to take out you know a person's opinion and taking it on board um, it could end up being lucrative for the business for you as individuals so it's all part of working as a team um so you know with these awkward conversations that we have which we rarely do have anyway i'll treat them as healthy because you know sometimes you think that as an individual you think you're always right it doesn't work like that because 
you know, in the beginning, I was like that on a few occasions, and you make mistakes just because of the fact that you think you're always right, but you learn. And then we're now at a stage where, you know, you, uh, I take, I, I now take other people's opinions on board. <laughs> Dad now understands <laughs> that he's not always right. <laughs> yeah well and and there's there's a comfort you both have um is what I'm hearing with having you know different opinions about something but you're and you're learning to seek each other out to actually check yourself am am I thinking this uh thinking about this in the best way um I mean I mean I don't know about Aisha but I would be I can leave the business to Aisha for however long if I have to go away on holiday or something and I'll not have any concerns because I completely uh, can ensure that she will do everything for the benefit of the business. And how do you feel, Aisha? Do you do you trust do you trust him to run the oh, business definitely. when you're not there? No, no, he um he he's really good. You just don't have to worry about anything. And um I think with Bab he's always he always looks at the bigger picture, which I don't always look at. So it's really helpful because he kind of puts things into perspective all the time and just reminds us of what we're trying to achieve. Because it's very easy, easy to get caught up in the right now and in the present and mm. not think ahead, like in the long term, what you're trying to achieve. Because you sort of have, it's, it's important to think about the, you know, the day-to-day runnings of the business and also the future of it as well. Because although we have... Uh, the clients to ensure that they're efficient it's important for us to run our business as well uh, as a business so we sort of have to always ensure that we're thinking about it in the capacity of a business so the bigger picture is important yeah absolutely Uh, it helps focus the mind and and when you reach you know very often you know we can get caught up in a disagreement Uh, the ego kind of steps in and we forget that you know what we're there to do. The conversation becomes about the disagreement rather than decision. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That you just use your attention on an argument rather than for the benefit right. of the business, which I don't agree with. Like you, you know, if you're going to have a disagreement, you see people's opinions and then you just move on. You don't hold on to it, and you know that then creates awkwardness in the business. The atmosphere is not nice, etc. So we and I, you know. Even with our staff, we always emphasise that we have a nice working environment. Everyone's sort of happy. Um, everyone understands each other. Um, so we don't like awkwardness or intentions because it doesn't help the business. It doesn't help clients. It doesn't help anybody. Absolutely. All right. So let's let's find out a little bit more about what's important to you um, in conversations. So one of my questions to you both was, um, how does a better conversation sound, feel or look like to you? Um, and I, I thought this was interesting because your answers were very similar. But um, tell I wasn't copying Aisha. <laughs> I, wasn't. <laughs> I told her to cover her page up. So it's not my fault. <laughs> so in terms of for me, what is a better conversation? I I like laughing, smiling, and I like interacting. I don't just like a one-way conversation. It's important to have a two-way conversation, especially if you think about it in terms of work, because it's not just, you know, if you're going to speak to your client, it's not just me talking or I talking. You should be understanding the client, what they need, what their intentions are, etc. Um, and you should always, like, it should feel natural as well, so not like, you know, a pretense. So if I speak to a client, regardless of whether they're self-employed, 
whether they're in a company, whether they're an established company, I always be me. So I don't like, have a, a sort of disguise on and, you know, um, pretend to be another individual because I, I just can't. So I am me and the clients know me as Bath. Um, so for me, that's important. And I think, I think for mm. me, again, like similarly what, to what Bab said, um, it has to be a two-way conversation. If you're having a conversation and then you're not getting much out of the other person, I feel that's very awkward. Um, so it's like as if the other person doesn't want to be there and then you don't really know how to continue the conversation. So definitely kind of there needs to be personality in there and you need to be yourself and just kind of show an interest with each other. Would you say that um, you both um, you both feed off the other person's energy that you're talking Definitely. to? Completely. Yeah. Completely. I, uh, I, we've met so many clients. <laughs> Sorry. But I think when we meet a client who has really positive energy about them and um, they just, I, can't, I don't know how to explain it, but when they speak and they have so much to offer, just, just in terms of the sort of person they are and their positive nature or um, kind, of, it doesn't have to be anything major. It's just the way they speak or they carry themselves. And um, we both really thrive off of that. Mm-hmm. That's correct. I agree with that as well. And realize and I, we, we do feed off each other's energy because ninety percent of the meetings we attend, we attend them uh, as Aisha have on occasions when. Aisha is not available or when I'm not available and we have to go individually, the client always asks for the other individual. So it's like, ah, oh. so even, even the clients know, you know we, we, we feed each other off uh, each other's energy and we come as a package, basically. Mm. <laughs> well, you must, you must have a repertoire as well, right, when you're meeting uh, clients. Um, and, and I certainly felt that, um, you know, you, you ask a, a one of you asks a question, you go down a certain road, you're, you're, the other person is listening and it allows each of you to pick up on stuff It's uh, so that that time that you're spending with the client is as uh, informative yeah, as productive of course, as it Yeah, because we be. have to remember the reason why we're there. I mean, we, we're always trying to help our clients as well. So if we can't be, um, we've got to actually you know, listen to each other and the client as well otherwise we won't be able to help or kind of achieve what um you know the client needs to do with their affairs whether it's their business or just overall financial affairs and it's, it's that and also combined with the fact that each of us as individuals we have our own strengths and weaknesses so you know we attend the meetings t- together but to certain occasions i don't pick stuff up and i does and other occasions you know i might make an error and I picks it up and stuff like that so the fact that we're able to sort of take advantage of that I suppose we're in a strong position. So we're talking about um, money which Bab you describe as um, an emotional and sensitive topic uh, for people and um, clearly that's something that you get. Can you talk a little bit more about how that shows up in your conversations with people? Yeah sure so we we always sort of emphasize to clients that although we do all the compliance work, we do a lot of um, advisory and assisting clients in terms of structuring themselves in the most tax efficient way. So what that means is sort of reducing the amount of tax that the individual may have to pay. It could mean income tax, it could mean capital gains tax, inheritance tax, but 
on each occasion, it always involves a topic of money. So the client in the beginning is always a bit skeptical thinking, is this correct? Is this not correct? But we always um, explain to the clients that all the advice we give is correct and above board, etc. And a few occasions, you know, if the client wants um, additional confirmation, we can also seek approval from HMRC if the planning is quite complex. But when it involves um, money and when you're and when a client has worked so hard to um, earn that and you know ha- have that in then savings account or or the purchase assets with it, then when the client is being to sort of a stranger, I suppose initially, they're always going to be cautious as to is this individual correct? Is this individual going to run off with money? You know, I don't. And plus, I suppose what helps us as well and it doesn't help us is we look quite young. We're not, but we look quite young. So when you're speaking to a client, a lot of the clients they're uh, a bit older than us. So when you're when a client speaks to you, they're sort of thinking they may think in their head as well thinking are these individuals actually uh, uh, the right individuals for the job but afterwards when they start speaking to us and understand what we can do and we sort of explain what we have achieved then the client understands that, okay this makes sense now so initially the conversations are sensitive emotional because of the fact you're dealing with money and the client is speaking to just the uh, basically a random individual but after you've got that rapport, after you, you've, you've built that trust, it still is emotional and raw because it involves money, but if you handle it in the correct manner, then um, that sort of avoids any, I suppose, awkwardness and conflicts. And, and Aisha, do you think that's why it's important to the two of you to meet prospective clients face-to-face, the two of you together? Yeah, um, meeting clients face-to-face is just, so much more important um, because otherwise it's it's difficult enough for a client to kind of provide that sensitive information in person once they've actually met you and sort of kind of understood who you are where you've come from um, but if you don't meet them and it's all it's using kind of uh, emails and not even telephones um, then it's definitely to speak to a stranger and, and then they're really reluctant to kind of share that information and then I think us going together kind of breaks the ice as well because people are quite interested to understand why there are two of us um and then they'll it gives them the opportunity to ask um how what we're what we're doing or how we've met um which really helps the conversation just to flow because the client probably feels that they're not only sharing their information or their personal circumstances, but they're also finding out about us as well. So it's kind of like you're, you're, you're both sharing. Um, mm. So it probably puts them at ease a little bit. So it definitely helps having both of us. So um, Aisha, I want to touch on something that may be um, a little sensitive, but um, you wear a hijab. Yeah. And I'm curious as to how people respond to you when they meet you. I think all our clients, they're, they're so um, kind of cultured and very open-minded and they're kind of very experienced and they've done so many things in their lives and they've met people from different like backgrounds, ethnicities. They've worked in so many different places. They're very knowledgeable and um, it's, it's never awkward. It's never come into conversation, um, but they're very welcoming and I don't ever feel that it's uncomfortable or that someone's judging me um I don't know I I feel like we have a really good relationship with our clients and 
Um, it's always really positive. I mean, yeah. I didn't wear it all the time. I think um, I've only started reading wearing it for like a couple of years. So initially, some of the clients we met had seen me without it. But even afterwards, when they did see me, when I had started covering, um, it, they were quite keen. They were quite interested. But um, it, yeah, it's just I've never felt it's caused me kind of it's kind of caused an issue or a problem. Um, in fact, like some people are interested in it, they might ask a few questions, but um, everyone's very professional and um, like, yeah, never had a problem with it. I find it um, very inspiring and, and, and lovely to see. And you must be a role model for people in a lot of ways um, because it's a rare um, thing to come across or <clears throat> I certainly don't see it enough. Yeah, no, I think... Um, especially in kind of our industry in our field um you don't see it a lot i mean i have been employed in the past and uh, i've worked in the city and it was it's very rare that you would see maybe someone covering or wearing a hijab I've, i see it a lot more now i think kind of those boundaries are breaking and people are maybe more comfortable um but it's nice and it's encouraging to kind of the young, younger generation to just understand that they they can go out and do whatever it is they may want to achieve um there's no restrictions and that you know when you when you meet people they're, they're very understanding and they're very open to people from different backgrounds it hasn't caused us any restrictions at all i show any hijab the only thing people have been commenting on is the color she, she tends to wear black so people say you're gonna change your color <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the only thing is well, that, hasn't caused any issues or it hasn't restricted us in terms of growing the business uh and talking to clients i'm glad it's just a it's just a color issue yeah that's great i need um, to move away from black <laughs> <laughs> well it works right it's, uh, it, sometimes it can reflect your mood right yeah uh, you can talk to me today you can't talk to me today <laughs> <laughs> no um so tell me both of you is there has there been someone in your life who's influenced or shaped your perspective on conversations um, um I, i've got quite a few individuals but in terms of what's helped me a lot i suppose i'm at old firm um i was where i was a trainee and the partner that was helping me train and teaching me the ways he's he's helped me a lot in terms of how to deal with matters how to liaise with clients how to um organize yourself how to speak to people. So I suppose uh, I would say if, they, if I had to pick one individual who's helped me in terms of my career, I would say it's, it's been him. Um, he's, 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 he's had a, uh, a great impact on me. Yeah, I think for for me it's similar. Um, meeting the kind of clients we've met, that's been a big thing for me because everyone is so different and sometimes you meet individuals who they've had such different experiences in life that you probably can't think of and they have this kind of positivity and they put that across when they're speaking to you and I, I, I think that's really like you know I really admire that because I was probably a lot sh more shy <laughs> before this so working with Bab and doing our own business has kind of developed me as a person as well. And that, that's something that came across in in you know in, in the information that you sent through was just this sense of 
being able to have that direct contact with clients and clearly you know there's a there's a really lovely energy between the two of you but also that desire to connect with your clients and hear their stories so that you can you know pick up on opportunities to help them um and but even just to know what's going on in their lives and what's important to them at that point in time so in terms of the clients we have for we got a broad range of clients so we have, we have like your pensioners that just need help with your self-assessment tax returns to your startups to your entrepreneurs but in terms of your startups and entrepreneurs we can relate to them because we are we are at that stage and have been at that stage as well so we can help them and we understand them their position etc so that's why we sort of feed off clients energy as well and the clients understand us because we've experienced the issues that they may have come across uh, as well well you're you can empathize with where they're at and presumably you know it's not just a conversation about tax efficiency and accounting and so on it's uh, there's there's more to it um in being able to connect that's, that's why you know the one of the first questions you asked was about you know our trade and what we do so we started off by actually just being tax advisors and accountants, but we now just ignored the tax bit. So I say, you know, a, a lot of clients, we just advisors. So although we we do advise on tax, you know, we, we do a lot of other areas as well now because we can understand, you know, the issues that startups face in terms of, for example, funding, in terms of opening up a bank account. So we can help with all of that. So I suppose now we've come to a stage where we offer more holistic service, not just in a certain area, but that has happened over time. Yeah, I think clients just feel comfortable to come and ask us for advice, which might not necessarily be tax related, but they'll come and at least run it past us. And if we can't help, uh, we can maybe put them into contact with someone who can. So it's, um, yeah, our service is a little bit more kind of, yeah, holistic is the word. Something that comes across is, uh, Bav, you talked about thriving on the drive and passion and hunger of of your clients um, as being, um, you know, something that is a trait of a, a really good conversation for you. Mm-hmm. And Aisha, you talked about, um, you know, when I asked you, you know, what are the best conversations you've ever had, you said, I have them every day, usually with Bav. Um, <laughs> Bab and I, we kind of have conversations about such random things, but it's always so open and relaxed and it, it can be about something so trivial. It could be about something so kind of important or or new. And uh, I learn a lot from him. I think the way his mind is, um, it's quite, it doesn't, it doesn't kind of work. Well, minds work very differently. And so it's always interesting to see what his thoughts are on a topic Um and just compare them to to mine in terms of myself um like i knew when i started employment when i used to work in in, in tesco's as a part-time role i knew that employment was not for me not because of the fact that it's to do with control or money it's more to do with restrictions um i just i don't like restrictions i like to just to do things like and i want to do it 100 percent as an employee every time you know we've been uh, trained and we worked in different organizations is you haven't been able to put in your 100% because of hierarchy issues and restrictions office and politics um, for me it's, it hasn't ever been about you know having a certain hierarchy or title it's about 
being able to do what you have told the clients you can do. So in terms of the clients we have for, a lot of them are entrepreneurs. So I learn a lot from entrepreneurs because like, I'm quite hungry. I'm a passionate individual, but the clients we act for are a lot more hungry. They're a lot more passionate about their work as well. So I get to learn from them in terms of, you know, business acumen, in terms of, you know, their, their thought process, etc. So I try to sort of implement what I can of that in in our business as well. So that's helped us. I was wondering, I know it's really important for the two of you to ask your clients questions about what's going on and so on do your clients ask you about your <laughs> they actually always ask us about us as individuals and in terms of the business as well because we've known a lot of the clients since we started up um, and they have known us as well in terms of we started off with just Aisha and myself and then slowly, slowly we moved offices and then from offices we got employees. So the clients understand the sort of, you know, where we started off and where we are now. So every time we meet a client, I suppose not every time because, you know, you're sort of restricted sometimes, but a lot of the times when you meet clients to make that unconscious effort of one, asking about us, how we are as individuals, what we've been up to, and then uh, they also ask us about um, the business as well um especially i suppose right. when you're when when a client's entrepreneurs they want to ensure that you know you are okay as well and you're sort of succeeding etc <laughs> they, they, they don't right. want anything to happen with you and your business otherwise they're gonna may end up in a bit of an issue <laughs> right right they need to know you're <laughs> That's solid. It. they need to know we're solid yeah um so bav you talked about the worst conversation that you've had um, was with yourself. Can you talk a little bit more about yeah, that? Yeah, the worst conversation I had was with myself, and it normally is with myself still. But the worst, I suppose, the sort of turning point is when I was a trainee and when I'd qualified and passed my exams, obviously I was still employed and working, but I think it might be on my way home or something. I actually asked myself, you know, what I'd achieved up until now. And in terms of exams and stuff, that was fine because, you know, you pass your exams, etc. But in terms of work, I just wasn't satisfied. I wasn't, uh, you know, happy. I wasn't, you know, um, I suppose I hadn't, I felt I hadn't achieved anything in terms of my career apart from having past exams but in my head I always knew I wanted to sell my own wanted to sell on my own so I suppose that was the time when I had the conversation of saying you know what I want to probably now just leave my employment uh, and take the risk of starting up on my own because you know everyone always says I want to I want to and it will happen but there is never a right time when you set up on your own and basically mm. if you if you work hard and you put 100% into it then it will work regardless of age regardless of industry etc you just have to know that and if you think positive it will work so it's never a right time so i suppose for me when i had the conversation with myself in terms of what i'd achieved that was the turning point because that was the birth of amb task consultants well, it was a, it was a, a light bulb moment. It was a light bulb moment <laughs> okay. was because you get offered like you know when you work in a medium slash large organization and they know you're going to leave etc they do offer you increasing pay a potential for partnership etc but none of that was that important for me for me it's always been about being able to achieve something on your own um so that was the key for me to be able to create something mm. which hopefully we are now in the stage of creating 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you do have, like, in terms you said, what's the worst conversation? I think not necessarily worst, but you do have difficult conversations as well. Um, in terms of like, at the moment, we've explained all the positive side of meeting clients. And it's always really good and the energy you get. But unfortunately, I think with any kind of business or just in life in general, you do have conversations that aren't always the way you want them to be. And they're not always so positive. Um, and especially in when it's work related and you're speaking to clients and it's it's not a positive conversation or it's something quite um, sensitive or something's happened. And we have had a few of those as well. Um, and I think we've actually learned from them because we always try to remain calm in every situation um, because, you know, that is how we need to be. We have to remain professional. But I think we always kind of reflect on it. So if we've had a conversation like this on a rare occasion, we'll discuss afterwards what happened, how it happened, you know, why it happened, how maybe um, to make sure it doesn't happen in the future or it's it's, it kind of, it's important as well because you can't always have positive. There, have, there might be some negatives or and you have to be prepared to know how to deal with it and how to address it. Hmm. And have you been able to turn a conversation around? Yeah, we always, we'd always turn it around. Um, I think we're quite positive in that way and we'd offer the client solutions and alternatives. But I think just at that moment, maybe... Um, it's not always the right time to maybe convince someone uh, when they're not maybe fully understanding or they're in a different kind of their emotional state isn't the right for you at that time. But we always mm-hmm. ensure that um, we do kind of remain in communication with the client and find a solution if there has been an issue. Um, because for us, it's about client retention. It's not just, uh, right. you're not just a number on our books. We spend time to meet you and to develop relationships. So it's very important for us to maintain that. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. easy, like you can get clients, but it, the hard thing is to retain clients. So we invest a lot of time to ensure that clients are happy and they're getting exactly what they're looking for. As yeah. individuals, actually, yeah. I'm quite positive. So you, you do have these, I wouldn't say awkward, but, you know, these conversations can happen with clients. You know, sometimes they might have a HMRC inquiry. So, you know, it's not anyone's fault, but HMRC opens up an inquiry potentially into anyone's affairs. So you know the nature of the inquiry and you know what the outcome is going to be in a lot of the cases. But the client, you know, no one likes to, for example, receive any letter from HMRC asking for information because of an inquiry. So, you know, there have been occasions where we've had to, you know, maintain professionalism and just to just to ensure, like I said in uh, um, what she said, is that actions speak louder than words. So we do ins- make sure that the clients are aware that of everything that's happening and we always keep them up to date. And I suppose that's helped us as well, our positive nature. Mm-hmm. So, Bav, what's your worst habit in a conversation? Oh, I've got a very bad habit. I keep saying yeah a lot of the times after every sentence. I think I, I said still, that today. I, I, still think, <laughs> I still think I'm in school. I can't forget my school days. <laughs> but it's just natural to me. So I do have a habit of saying yeah. 
Well, at the end of your end of your sentence, <laughs> end or... of the sentence, midway, beginning, kicking up at any time. I've got issues. <laughs> oh, those those are just little habits of <laughs> yes, who we are. Right? Well, I can't yeah, take that yeah. because it's just instilled yeah. in me. But that's I would say that's probably yeah. one of my worst habits. Every time I go and see my old boss, who's helped me out a lot, he always picks up on it, and he 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 does have. A tendency of you know telling me or pointing out like that you said yeah again <laughs> but I can't think about it it's just I don't think about it when I say it well not not to uh not to stress you out but I'll count the number of years you say yeah, <laughs> please do so. I yeah, mean... <laughs> and um Aisha what what would be your worst habit it's definitely speaking with my hands but today it's not happening because we're like <laughs> she's still flapping her hands. Don't listen to her. No, um, I think it's probably uh, apart from like Bab saying yeah and um and ah, I I kind of express myself using my hands, which sometimes I wish I didn't. Um, but it's it's just a natural thing. I can't help it. Um, Can I just jump yeah. in there? But I'm I'm curious because I'm curious. Why why do you think? you shouldn't um, express yourself as much with your hands. I, oh, I, I don't think there's a reason not to. I just, I would prefer not to. <laughs> I feel like it takes over. <laughs> I feel like maybe in my head, I'm thinking I'm getting my point across better, like using the hands, but um, I don't think it's necessary. It's, it's okay sometimes. I know I'm not the only one who does it, but... Um, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I know some people can speak and they are, you know, they don't move a limb yeah. uh, apart from, you know, their, their heads, right, and their mouths. Um, but the, the, the articulation and the emphasis that you provide through hand gestures mm. and, and, you know, waving your <laughs> arms around is actually, uh, it, it shows a lot of um, genuine empathy, yeah, right? It's, it's... A, it's, an, it's, a, it's a display of honesty um, because it's actually very hard to do that if you were trying to be deceptive True. or hide I've something. I've never thought of it like that, um, but that, that makes quite a lot of sense, yeah. So, Aisha, what are you good at in conversations? I think listening... <laughs> I probably sit there and listen quite a lot and taking taking in what someone said um, because I don't like conversations to be negative or too serious. Even though we are discussing serious topics, I feel like you need to put a twist on it and make it positive. So for me, it's always important that you have that element of laughter or lightheartedness. Um, so I'll always try to kind of incorporate that somehow into a conversation it's a wonderful um thing to be aware of because it can break the ice there can be a lot of tension in that conversation as you're saying it's a very emotional and sensitive topic that you know people are talking about um and um to be light-hearted or apply a bit of humor or to connect with people on that level is is disarming but it also builds that trust between you um, yeah which i can see is really important just kind of develops your relationship on a more personal level mm. bav what's your um best habit um in a conversation what are you good at so i would say um what i'm good at in conversation my my traits are i smile a lot i laugh um when you know the, the time is right <laughs> <laughs> um, maintain good eye contact 
um, and always listen to what the other person has to say. Um, so it's never a one-way conversation. You always take on board what the other individual have to say. And the other thing is that I treat this as a negative is that I have a habit of waving my hands as well as a lot. But I don't treat that as a, a negative. I'll treat that as a positive because of the fact that, you know, it shows your energy, your enthusiasm. Um, you can engage with the client or whoever you're speaking to as well. And, you know, as you said, it's not very deceptive because, you know, you can't control it. It's just natural. Um, and right. one quite relax as well, even in the professional um, environment, I tend to be relaxed. I don't tend to get nervous uh, because of the fact that you're sort of confident in yourself and, you know, um, your industry, etc. So I suppose that's an important trait as well to be um, relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. And your confidence for both of you does, you know, comes across. Uh, it's it, very easy to have a conversation with you. Um, and and I noticed when um, in one of our meetings, you know, you were exploring some topics um, with me, had I considered this, had I considered that. And um, it it made me uh, initially, my, my response was, oh, okay. Um, so this is on the t- this is a topic on the table, and um, I, I I confess I was probably a little bit guarded at first, <clears throat> but as we got into more of a discussion about it and shared your your knowledge and information, in effect you were educating me. Um, I felt more at ease with the subject itself, right? With the topic. I'm happy to hear that, see him, because for us it is about educating clients, increasing the commercial awareness so we're not here to sell uh investments or products or anything like that but us it's just about ensuring that the client is aware of what they could potentially take advantage of and all the allowances and reliefs so i'm I'm happy to hear that i walked away with from that um feeling like oh i i have a ton more information here and the stuff that i should be doing right so that was really helpful um i'd love to hear from both of you um what would be um a key message about having better conversations that you would like to leave with listeners to meet them in person <laughs> because when you say conversation conversation can be had you can have that on a telephone um I guess you could even have it on Skype or those kind of video calling like methods. Mm-hmm. But in person is completely different. You can speak to someone on the phone for a very long time and get all the information that you want or you think that you can get it. But when you see someone face to face, it's completely different. You'll you'll I think like the just the body language that someone has and those things are very important and you learn a lot about someone from them and I feel that you have you engage more in conversation and mm. it's it's really important because nowadays people are kind of always behind a screen and everything's done through emails maybe telephone as well but at the end of the day you are still even in our industry you're you're kind of buying the people behind the service it's not just oh can you prepare my accounts can you like you know file a form for me but you're still you're still looking for that kind of human factor as well because anyone can kind of fill in a form for you but are they doing it properly 
are you getting more than what you know you need so definitely I think for me it's just you have to have them in person and you have to be engaging and you've got to be yourself I wish you asked mm. me the question first because I should have said anything I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to give you a minute to think about what you might want to add to that, Bev. Um, but um, so to your point about the face-to-face, um, some of the work that I do is going into companies and helping to diffuse some tension um, between team members and so on. And so often, um, you know, the culprit will be um, instant messaging platforms that people use between teams um, where, you know, instead of walking up to someone um, and sometimes you're not working in the same office, right? But the next best thing is pick up the phone and have a chat. Um, but, you know, just walking up to someone and saying, hey, um, I've got a thought about something is a far better way to do it than to do it on a public um, you know, instant messaging exchange platform um, because um, two things happen. You get an escalation of an issue or the conflict because you've got an audience. Um, and secondly, you're missing the opportunity to actually develop stronger relationships with people um, by having that face-to-face. So I'm completely with you. Yeah, you can completely um, like, misconstrue what someone said as well because through a message, there's no tone so you could write something, but it could be interpreted in the opposite way. So, right. like you said, when yeah, you absolutely yeah, no tone. So when yeah. you speak to someone, yeah, you actually understand what they're asking. It's uh, very easy to yeah, misunderstand. So um, over to you then, Bev. Have you, uh, have you thought of uh, the thing that you'd like to close on? Thank Aisha for taking my answers. You're welcome. <laughs> so, no, I would uh, just to emphasize those points, I would agree with Aisha as well in terms of it's, easy, it's, it's a lot better to have a conversation in person. It was easier to sit behind the screen and talk about things you know, via email and other avenues of social media but when you talk in person the conversation completely is well it's completely different people can misinterpret things when you write by email etc to speak about things in person and then you develop that relationship with them as well see up until now in our trade and you know we've been operating now for a few years what's helped us the most is the fact that we're able to speak to clients in person and i think the fact that you can offer the personal touch has helped us because that's helped get us you know more work referrals etc whereas if the person you're acting for doesn't know you it it doesn't help in business and also I suppose in your personal life as well the other key thing for me Mm. which was also mentioned earlier was about having the wish was to be yourself so don't try to pretend to be a person you're not because of the fact that, you know, you want to impress or you don't want to impress or whatever your intentions are. But if you're yourself, then the conversation would just flow because you don't have a disguise. And I think that's important. And that's the, I would say that's the most important uh, aspect of having a better conversation uh, is to be yourself because then it just uh, would, the conversation will happen naturally uh and you you don't have to force anything Mm, brilliant yeah 
Wow. Thank you, both of you, Aisha, Bav. I've really, really enjoyed um, catching up with you. And thanks for sharing um, your your perspective on on, on no, Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, we really enjoyed thank it. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Better Conversations with me, Siham Sirene. You'll find show notes at sihamsirene.com forward slash podcast, including more information about my guests, Aisha and Bav. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. And if you've enjoyed listening to my guests, then please do reach out to them and let them know, or even share the podcast with someone you think would enjoy it. You'll find Better Conversations with Siham Sirene on Apple Podcast and Spotify. When you find someone who you enjoy having conversations with, make sure you add them to your favourite people list. Because having great conversations is fantastic at the best of times and life-saving when you're having a rough time. Until next time, I'm Siham Sirene and this has been A Better Conversation. Better Conversations.